0: Bastard
1: Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale primary purpose big book study group to prepare for our big book study Let's get focused by having a three-minute moment of silent meditation followed by the fog light prayer
2: Good evening, everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic and my name is Rob.
1: I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Chris
2: uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. We're gonna to start the meditation in just a minute So please take a moment to get situated Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting.
1: The coffee area is going to be closed for this portion of the meeting so as to minimize distractions.
2: Also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down.
1: For the meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath and your posture. Breathe in God. Breathe out
2: self. Take this time to get reconnected to God as if it's possible to disconnect. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you focus on the study. Is everybody ready
1: for the meditation? Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to bring the lights down and get the monks in. you please join us in the fog light prayer god god let your love shine shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost sick and dying can find your love through me amen all right so who do we have as our secretary tonight do you know i was hoping that you would it's ronnie i think right yeah ronnie it's his
2: first night
1: there we go
3: Oh, technologies. Go, Hi, it? my name is Ronnie, and I'm your Recovered Alcoholic Secretary. Hey, Ronnie. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. And I've asked Megan to come up and tell you about your the name, recovered sir? statement.
2: John? John? Did we need this notice to explain can why many
3: people? people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what yeah, it just, exactly yeah, means yeah, well, to be I I a recovered alcoholic. Can we do-
4: Hi, I'm Megan. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Uh, Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Uh, Recovered, uh, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink uh, responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our our lifetime. But we have been uh, restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body, page 23. We are now saying where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, mm-hmm. we have uh, recovered.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, Megan. All right. So, and just as a side note, we do offer Venmo and Square Reader for those trying to contribute with uh, card and not cash, which essentially is cash in a virtual form. <laughs> 1940 style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of alcoholics anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen felt and came to believe and experience is that God has not changed over time and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. This is statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. So we also have CDs, mugs, large print big books, and little red books and big book dictionaries for sale if you'd like. We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery Tune, and we'll see you next week.
2: Thank you, from the forward to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we have Alcoholics Anonymous for more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From
1: there is a solution, also from the big book, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism.
2: This is an open meeting, and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours.
1: And on the topic of anonymity, I have heard that this meeting is podcast on the Internet. So if you do not want your voice on the Internet, then just disguise it or pass the mic when the time comes for Q&A.
2: All right, can we have a show of hands of people joining us for the very first time? All welcome. right, welcome. And some new friends. A, a show of hands for recovered alcoholics. All right, if your hand's not up, grab one of these people that have been down this road and ask them how you did it.
1: While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility.
2: Does anyone need a big book? Did you get in the door without one? We have lots of loners up here. We can pass out. Just raise your hands. One down here. Awesome.
1: All right. Before we begin our study, last week we did not review a tradition, and we're not going to do it this week either. Uh, so, if you want to see the traditions, are we? Do we have a traditionist? We do. Yes, of course we do. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Tanisha. Which
2: one are we doing? Uno. And we're starting over.
5: Yeah. I love it.
1: Can you? Is this one working? Here, you, can, you can. It's okay. Mike Chase right. will uh, edit that out.
5: See, Chris, I love you. All right, so, hi, my name is Tanisha, and I am your recovered traditionist. All
1: right,
5: right. so, um, tradition one, right? Um, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Um, And in the long form on page 179 in the slim one, right? Our AA experience has taught us that one each member of Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a great whole. AA must continue to live, or most of us will surely die. Hence, our common welfare comes first, but the individual welfare follows close afterward. And with that said, um, I chose... A passage from page 17 of chapter two, there's a solution. Um, we of alcoholics know thousands of men and women who were once as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved their drink problem. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are a people who normally would not mix. My favorite. But there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner. The moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyous, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. That's like from the poor to the rich, right? Um, Unlike... The feelings of ships, passengers, however, our joy and escape from disaster does not subside, which means becomes less intense. As we go our individual ways, the feeling of having a shared and common peril, which is serious or immediate danger like our drinking, right, is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that isn't That in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. And like I said, we are a people who would normally not mix. This is what makes us so special. No matter our race, religion, old money, new money, no money, we get to unify, to share our experience, strength, and hope that all may find the solution we have been freely given. This is a place where you can be free to be yourself. The 12 traditions are for the group, and the 12 steps are for you. Without you, there is no group, and without the group, there is definitely no me. (laughs) I'll tell you why, because if you didn't have a group, I wouldn't know where to find it, and I surely would die. Today, I have values, a.k.a. principles, that you taught me. My thinking was screwed up, like thinking about sacrificing my time for someone, no way. I used to live by money is time, and time is money, and I'm still not rich, but I was taught the most expensive thing I could give to to another fellow man is my time. And that's through carrying the message with that time helping another fellow. Realization dawns that he is but a small part of this great whole, that no personal sacrifice is too great for preservation of the fellowship. And that's from, um, sorry, just to on the 12 and 12, page 130, you can find that. And that was the quote. And so, yeah, I'm going to put up with some of you, and you're going to put up with some of me, right? (laughs) In other words, um, and we're going to be happy doing that. Um, You're here and not out there. I'm super happy for that, and I'm grateful for that because I get to see your smiling faces when I come here. Um, Putting anything before my recovery always failed, but putting AA first always worked. Um, besides wealth, power, prestige, blah, blah, later for that, I like love, unity, consideration for one another. That's what binds us. That's what that cement is. So thank you for letting me share. Yay.
1: Very nice. Thank you, Tanisha. This is going to be a good 12 weeks. Can't wait. I can feel it. In order to help us stay focused as we study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. We have a reader,
2: John. Come on up. All right. Welcome, John. Welcome, John. Tonight, we're actually going to begin reading on page 13, I think. Yeah. 13 13 at the bottom, the last full paragraph. Uh, After the page is read, we are going to ask questions from the podium starting back. Uh, Actually, the questions are going to start at the top of 15, we will uh, point that out again when the time comes. The answers will be one sentence unless otherwise specified. And multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation.
1: Basically, in English, what that means is we're going to read the material once through and then redisect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us a new light in which to consider the study of material.
2: This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page uh, and each paragraph, we open up for comments, questions, observations based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share.
1: However, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different setting, i.e. sponsorship, halfway house, probation officer... Please do not be offended when we cut that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time.
2: You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group.
1: So we're reading page 13 in Bill's story, chapter one, but we didn't just start here. We started this study how many weeks ago? we got a we got a tally somewhere maybe uh, 13 12 12 12 I don't know who knows this is our 15th week. this is our 15. 15th week so we're we're just really grateful to be here with you guys again and we started off 15 or 16 weeks ago uh, in the preface and the forewords so do you want to talk to us
2: about sure, that Sure I one? would love to in the uh, preface and forewords we get sort of our introduction to the fellowship um, what our introduction introduction to this literature some of the early statistics of the fellowship uh the recovery rates that we already heard in the secretary's report how the fellowship grew over time how we started uh you know based in the oxford group and how the fellowship came to be and then how it's kind of mushroomed since then and how many recovered alcoholics there are around the world uh as a result of this fellowship and and this program of action here uh it also gives us an introduction to uh, some of the spiritual sides of the program and uh, the traditions that we just heard about. So, uh, a lot of a lot of great information that's covered there. And then we get into uh, some more Roman numerals in the doctor's opinion.
1: And the doctor's opinion tells us about the disease of alcoholism that we suffer from. It's a three-part illness. It's an allergy of the body. When I put a drink in my body or a drug in drink is what it's talking about though, uh, I want more. I suffer from the phenomenon of craving. I have this mental obsession, which means that I can't see the consequences that come from taking a drink. So when I'm abstinent, I'm guaranteed to pick up a drink. I don't remember what the consequences are. That's what makes me an alcoholic, in addition to the phenomenon of craving. And I also have this spiritual malady that basically it's this restless, irritable, discontented feeling that I feel, unless I can again experience the sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a couple drinks. And that's one of the most powerful phrases in this book right restless irritable and discontent unless i can experience that sense of ease and comfort and dr silkworth talks a little bit about what that spiritual solution looks like he said it's a spiritual and an altruistic plane that we work out the solution on and then we kind of get to see what the disease and the solution looks like in the life of this alcoholic man who wrote Bill's story right
2: Yes, Dr. Bill Wilson, not, not a doctor. Bill Wilson, <laughs> um, who we, uh, get to learn about. He, he kind of thinks he's a doctor though. Like, uh, you know, grandiose, just like, uh, Uh, my alcoholic self, um, you know, talking about how he would uh, manage vast enterprises with ease after he left the armed forces because he's got that nice alcoholic ego there. And uh, so we get to follow Bill Wilson, one of the co-founders, through uh, his alcoholism and his disease and and watch him as, you know, he... Uh, ventures around the country and motorcycle in a sidecar with his wife and, uh, you know, get to get to watch how his how drink plays a a role in his life. And then eventually, um, you know, liquor ceases to become uh, a luxury and it becomes that necessity. And we get to watch, uh, you know, that that progression of alcoholism uh, in Bill's life. And, uh, you know, he's going to detox over and over, just can't stay sober. Uh, His wife is starting to lose faith. And, um, you know, through all this, uh, an old friend comes over named Evie Thatcher. And Evie Thatcher got sober in the Oxford groups. And he says, you know, hey, Bill, I want to come talk to you. And Bill's like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink with him just like old times. You know, this is a guy that he never saw sober. That was one of his old drinking buddies and drank just like Bill, if not, you know, a little heavier. And, uh, you know, rumor had it that he was committed for alcoholic insanity. So he's like, I want to talk to him, see how he got out of this you know uh being committed for alcoholic insanity see if he can teach me to drink like a gentleman whatever that looks like and uh ebby comes over sober and he's like you know what's this all about he's got religion right and uh so he he found a solution in the oxford group that he presented as religion and he could tell his old friend bill was not too uh keen on this whole god thing or this religion thing And he's like you know what bill how about you just choose your own conception of god and we'll just start there And, you know, that's when Bill's, you know, going through his his internal dialogue about, you know, how he, uh, you know, always wanted to believe in something, but couldn't couldn't uh, get down with with what was, um, you know, pressed upon him as a youngster. And um, here it is. and, And his 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 friend is that proof in front of him. So Bill goes to detox for the fourth time and then starts working these principles of the Oxford group. And, and, um, that's, that's sort of where we are. And he's, he's coming to going through this program while in detox. And, um, you know, we're at the tail end of this story. We get to see Bill get sober and what happens and, and all the, the success that, um, you know, comes after that. So, That is where we're going to pick up on uh, the bottom of 13. The questions are going to start on the top of 15, but we're going to start queuing it up on the last full paragraph on 13, starting with my
6: friend. So we'll give you Mr. John. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to then the top of 15? Uh,
2: All the way through.
6: All the way through to the end. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, John Gad Alcoholic. Hey, John. John. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. That I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, humility, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed, and I called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. He listened, in, uh, he listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are all real. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They in turn might work with others. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it it imperative to work with others as he has worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said. And how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice with others... He could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remain skeptical for a year And a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. We commence to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out, I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one western city and its environs, there are 1,000 of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity. But just underneath there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have, we have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friends, simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Bill W., co-founder AA, died January 24, 1971.
1: So we're going to start our study, the first full paragraph on page 15. Rob is going to read those questions from the podium, and it's going to be either one sentence
2: or more. All right, so what did Bill and Lois do?
7: My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems.
2: Someone's slurring again. Next one is a two-part question. Did it interfere with Bill's business activities, and how long did Bill go without work? It was fortunate for my old business associates remain skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. What was Bill plagued with?
4: I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and of resentment.
2: Hate when that happens next one's a two-parter what almost drove bill to drink and what did bill find to be the solution for this problem
4: this sometimes nearly drove me back to drink but i soon found that when all oh gosh other measures failed work with another alcoholic would save the day that's
2: interesting it didn't say go to a meeting and talk about my problems okay next one is a two-parter what did bill do many times and how was he feeling when he went
3: Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair.
2: What happened when he talked to another alcoholic?
5: On
3: talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up
4: and set on my feet.
2: What is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous?
4: It is a design for living that works in rough going.
1: All right, and this page is now open for comment. Does anybody have any experience with this material? Anything that, uh, you know, what I really, what stands out to me right away is that The founder, the person that wrote Bill's story, is saying that he was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment for a year and a half. So his first 18 months until he picked up his 18—they didn't even have 18-month medallions, right? It wasn't getting (laughs) chips and encouragement every single month, every 30 days. He was getting waves of self-pity and resentment. And what was his solution? It wasn't to go to a meeting and dump. It was to go and talk to somebody that was in desperate need of help, right, to find somebody that's just— Dying from this disease, and to bring the message to them, and, and that's what it's saying. It's a design for living. That's my what's my design for living: self pity, resentment, suffering, and then recovery through helping others. Right.
2: It's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's another note here uh, on that point that says uh, it's not about it's not as much about not drinking as it is the quality of life we are promised when we learn to take and live by the steps that design for living.
5: Anyone yeah, else? Tanisha, recovered alcoholic. Hey, Tanisha. Hi, Tanisha. Talk, <laughs> So I have an experience here. Um, when I was new to recovery, like many of you know, I was court ordered and I had a DCF case, and um, many people in the court and in my family were very skeptical. <laughs> Because they never saw me, like, stay sober for a long period of time. They didn't really have any faith that I would actually, like, be able to, you know, get my daughter back, you know. Um, And so, um, like, the little work that I found was, like, housekeeping at a gym and Ubering around the city. And, um, you know, I did have, you know, self-pity and resentment especially, you know, after going to court, you know, doing all that you can and doing everything that you're supposed to do, dropping on time, dropping clean piss on time, you know, that's big. And so, you know, and being told and belittled, you know, in court. But like, for me, I noticed that I had to be broken down in order to be built back up. And so, you know, this sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But my sponsor came in and some girls from my um, old home group, you know, also, you know, were doing service. And I wanted to get in on this service thing that they were talking about. And so I was invited to, you know, speak at my old treatment center. So just like he went back to his old hospital, well, I went back to my old treatment center. I started, you know, sharing my experience, strength and hope. And I left there, you know, feeling amazed and lifted up on my feet, you know. And this, you know, it, it, it is true. I lived this, you know, just in my own little, you know, uh, version. But, you know, that's how it was my first year, and that's how I made it through, you know, going through that tough going, that rough going of that DCF case, you know, being, you know, destroyed down to the bottom and then. You know, coming to AA or going to my treatment center and just being lifted back up, you know, to me, that was an amazing experience. You know, so thank you for letting me share. Thanks,
1: Thanks for, for sharing. sharing. One up front, too, I think.
7: Yeah. Miguel Chase. Miguel. Almost, uh, um, one of the things that jump out to me, I've recovered alcoholic Mike Chase. Hey, Mike, hey Mike Chase. Mike Chase. This, this page just jumps out at me. With everything that he just went through in his step process, the Oxford step process, you know, um, that he did. The purpose of what went the 12, the purpose of the Oxford group, which is what we do in the 12 steps, stay with 12 steps. Simple but not easy, a price had to be made. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father that presides over us all. The process of... The 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous isn't a drawn-out detox rehabilitational process for us to, you know, get back to work. And it's part of the job to, to get, you know, the new relationship that's part of life. But the purpose of the 12 Steps is to get us centered and involved in a relationship with our higher power God. So when the shit does hit the fan farther down the line, I can handle it. Fun you get through the steps, and you immediately find yourself with a very high-paying job. You have no real problems, you know. So farther down, when the job falls out, and you become dependent on a job to bring you security and that feeling, the job's whooped out from you. You don't have a developed relationship with God. You might go out and get drunk, or you get a girlfriend, and that that's going to keep you sober for a little while. This was for me, you know—girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it was. Um, the, the the external things that would keep me. Busy, but when those stopped working, I drank. Ironically, it says, I was fortunate for my business associates, remained skeptical for a year and a half. I would be out. This guy was a multimillionaire ish, right? I'd be out. I'd be, uh, I want my money back. You know, he was fortunate because it made him depend on what? It made him depend on God and a higher power. It made him depend on a relationship with God, not the relationship with my wallet, not on the relationship with consumerism, not on the relationship of dating or having fun and traveling, which is good and part of life, but what was, what's the whole purpose of 12 Steps is to get us off that false God and into a new God. We're not even in the step process yet. You know, they're throwing so much at us really on here. I had a friend whose daughter got kidnapped by the family from another country, and he was going through turmoil, and just, you know, doing, it was tearing him apart, and I suggested that this is probably the best time you should go get a sponsee, and he looked like me, I have smoking crack, he said, what do you mean I got, he's just got a, bah, 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 bah. It's like, but she's got, bah, bah, bah. and then it's like, you know. <laughs> It wasn't until he took some of that advice and was able to reset himself with the relationship with God that he got through it and got the daughter back and stuff like that. But the, the whole purpose of this is when the shit hits the fan, I got people to turn to. I have something to go to other than God rather than just... Is that me? Me. So, sometimes you know, drove me to drink. I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with an alcoholic would save the day. Been around for 13 years. It's been good. It's been, yeah, it's been good. But every time that my sobriety candle starts to wane and I get a little selfie, pity and whiny and bitchy and shit like that, the new sponsor comes into my life. The email comes into my life. Somebody reminding how I helped them in the past, you know, which is God give me a kick in the ass and get off your little sorry ass J- and go work with a newcomer. Bring somebody to life. Because the, 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 the external calamities of life do not suffice when the shit hits the fan. Eventually you'll go out. So here we are in Bill's story, and he's already given us the secret to stay sober. Thanks. Amen. Thanks for sharing. And it
1: says that at the last sentence of this paragraph, it's a design for living that really works and rough going. And, and it also, if we go to page 86, it talks about our design for living and our instructions for how to live as a recovered alcoholic on the other side of this. And it says... On awakening, we ask God to direct our thinking, asking especially that be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. But self-pity, if I'm an alcoholic, in the book and in the instructions on page 86, it's telling me self-pity is the number one thing I should be asking to be divorced from in my thinking. So.
2: poor me, poor me, pour me another drink.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm Ronnie, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Ronnie. I'm basically going to touch on the same paragraphs everybody else hit on. Um, you know, but abandoning myself with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other ho- alcoholics to a solution of their problems. Um, you know, and I understand fully that, you know, my sobriety depends on helping other people. Um, you know, Bill being uh, plagued by waves of self and resentment. And, I mean, you know, I, I get those all the time. And that could just look like, you know, I'm walking to work. You know, I should kill myself. You know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, you know. And it's like, so I, I need to be working with others, you know, and to inconvenience myself, you know, and the more, the less time I spend with myself and, and helping others, you know, the better and smoother the life is going to be for me. So when the, when the trials and low spots do occur, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more sane to deal with them, you know, um, and, and it's, it's crazy because I've been, you know, going back to my old treatment center, which is in Deerfield and going up and talking to guys there, you know, and, um, and I spent a long time there and, you know, I go with another guy and we, and we, we talk to these guys and, uh, you know, I was just there this last week. Um, and I just, you know, I wanted to also mention about the simple but not easy price I had to be paid, you know, the destruction of self-centeredness and I, and I just lost a sponsee today. Um, you know, he went out again and it's like, you know, and to really think about like, the reorganization of, of what this is going to entail, you know? I mean, these are revolutionary, drastic proposals, you know, that... So now, like, I, I go out and I look for another one, but I might not... Now I can't really, you know, I, I look at my schedule and it's like, you know, okay, so maybe some of the things I do for fun have to be put aside right now for, in order for me to find somebody to work with, you know? And then life can resume after that, you know? So it it is revolutionary. It's drastic stuff, you know, like um to look out over my next week and say, all right, you know, like, I can't do this. Let me go do this instead. Um, but I know that in the long run, it'll help out. So thank you.
2: Amen. Thanks, Thanks for, for sharing. sharing. I can remember the, the first time this, this line really came to life for me. It says, uh, on talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. Uh, my very first sponsee that I had, poor guy, because um, I was just like, ah, yes! Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> He ended up, you know, he asked me when I had uh, gone to the hospital and visited him because he, you know, was was an old friend. And uh, he got sepsis in his blood and a really bad blood infection, you know, almost took him out. And then he had to go and stay in a nursing home for 30 days after that because of what he needed as far as IV and care and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a group of us decided to go and bring him a meeting, you know, which was definitely inconvenient. It was, uh, you know, like an hour away, and we took our Friday night, you know, probably a group of five or six of us, and, and took them a meeting. And, and I, you know, I'm not sure what it was. You know, God is in every meeting, but there, he was really there. And it could have been all the dying old people that were there as well. But um, I was amazingly lifted up. Like, when I was walking out of that meeting, I was just, like, on cloud nine. And I turned to my buddy, and I'm like, bro. And he's like, Yeah and we're just both like floating out of that hospital. And, uh, that's when I was like, Oh yeah, there's somewhere in the book that says that I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you have those experiences, you're like, wow, like I need to get me some of that. That's better than, you know, not that the ease and comfort that comes again by taking a couple of drinks. It's like the ease and comfort that comes when I'm feeling the closeness of God. You know, that's, that's what I seek today when I'm, when I'm feeling like that, that self-pity and resentment. It's like, Nothing, nothing matches that in my experience.
1: I remember the first time I, I heard a fifth step from a sponsee. I was about six or seven months, and I felt so relaxed, lifted up, set on my feet, and it lasted about four hours. And then I was I was back to being rude to my mom on Christmas, <laughs> and uh, and I I remember telling her like, well, if I could just do this two or three times a week, I'd be all right, you know. And hey, we can, man. We got thousands of people dropping off into oblivion all the time, so.
2: And, uh, yeah, anybody have anything else? You don't ever have to be rude to mom again, <laughs> especially now on Christmas. Yeah.
1: Any Anybody have anything else on this paragraph before we get back?
2: Let's do it. Okay. All right. What did Bill and Lois find happening to them?
5: We commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us which, of Among us, of which is a wonderful thing to fall apart.
2: What did they find to be true under pressure and difficulty?
5: The joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty.
2: What did they see happening to families?
4: I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path
5: that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations rightened, Feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I've seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities.
2: What happened to business and professional people?
6: Business and professional men have regained their standing.
2: What form of trouble and misery is not overcome when we practice the program?
8: There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us.
2: We're going to skip the next sentence, and it says, uh, after that, why did they have meetings?
8: We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship
7: they seek.
1: Does anyone have anything on oh, this paragraph? My bad. Notice how it says, uh, we meet. why do we meet frequently, right? So that newcomers can find, is it so that we can dump it, dump it here, the dump it here meeting? You know, just go and share about my problems and vent and have group therapy or nothing wrong with group therapy, right? But that, why do we meet frequently, right? So that the newcomer can find the fellowship they seek. Exactly.
2: And I can find the
1: newcomer. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. And I Got one in the corner
9: here. Oh. Hi, Roslyn Alcoholic. Hi, Roslyn. Hey, Roslyn. Um, what stood out to me is about the newcomer. You know, I'm so grateful that it is about the newcomer. Because if it had not been about the newcomer when I came around, I wouldn't be here now. You know, um, strength is in numbers. You know, this program is definitely designed... For me to make it, for me to live. And I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful that here is where I found peace, serenity, joy, because I allowed other people to show me how this works. You know, uh, when I was out there, I, I thought I, I followed anybody out there to get whatever I wanted. I took instructions out there. So when I came in here, I said, hey, let me get it a shot, you know, because my way ain't working. So I come in here, and I allowed people to guide me. I allowed people to tell me when I was wrong. I allowed people to show me, because they had something I wanted. All I knew is they were glowing, they were shining, they was, had kept money in their pocket, they was looking good, they was dressing nice. I was like, whoa, I want that. And so I came in here, and I did what you guys told me to do, get a sponsor, get a home group. Make meetings. Talk about how you feel. You know, the simple stuff that me, this alcoholic, can make so difficult. But I'm grateful just for the day that I have a higher power that shows me that I'm not alone. I have people that show me I'm not alone. I'm grateful that God can use me to help another human being if they want. You know, I'm so, I'm telling you, elated that... um. I can work in the field to help someone else. That's what we talk about, helping others, service to others. You know, I'm glad that God gave me a servant heart. Anything I can help another human being with, I'm so grateful to be able to help them and let God use me just to show who he is, not about me. It's not about me. It's about who God is and, and what God has in store for other people. I just want to say thank you for allowing me to share. This program is awesome. It saved my life.
10: Mm.
9: And, it, you know, I can't say enough about it, you know. Thank you for letting me share.
1: Thanks for Thanks sharing. Thanks, Roslyn. Yeah, we got another one.
4: Hi, recovered alcoholic named Kelly. Hey, hey Kelly. Kelly. Ah, I'm so grateful for this program. You know, I'm reading this here. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. It's a design for living that works in rough going. I've seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere. It's a design for living that works in the rough going. I've seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. It's a design for living that works in rough going. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. It is a design for living that works in rough going. It talks about, you know, being here for the newcomers. And somebody said to me, he comes to this group quite often, but I haven't seen him in a while. And he was talking about those meetings where people go to dump and talk about their problems and... I'll tell myself, I'm like, I don't like to go to those meetings. I like to go to the solution-based ones. And he goes, yeah, but we need to go to those meetings. We need to be there to show people that it really works. And I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, this is a design for living that really works. You know, I, at 11 months... No, I'm sorry, 13 months sober, was happily driving home from work and I got pulled over and there was some wreckage in my past (laughs) that I was unaware of and I was facing five years in prison I didn't know about and my feet were very firmly planted in this design for living that works in rough going and the people that came to the meetings where we dump had reached their hand out to me and were willing to show me how to do this. And thank God I was willing to listen and watch and learn and participate. But this design for living that works in rough going, it's all about living our primary purpose. You know, I shouldn't be here as well as many of us should not be here. You know, so thank God this design for living has taught me basically that my life is none of my business. And I'm here. I'm here to reach my hand out to the newcomer and show them this design for living. I can walk it. I can talk it. I can live it. And I will show it to people. My friend gets, you know, I work in not treatment, but I work in um, a situation where there's a whole lot of women in early recovery. And I, people go, how do you do it? How do you, how do I do it? I know exactly who I am and, and what I am. And I get to give little pieces. I don't sponsor all these women, obviously. But I get to reach my hand out. And I get to sh- I get to put their hand in somebody else's. Or I get to take them to a really good meeting where they open their eyes. Or I get to give them part of the solution that I've learned. This design for living that works in rough going. And, you know, I had that design going on. I got way off track. But, you know, um, <clears throat> I sat right where my feet were. And I followed the principles and I followed the steps and I stayed right where I was, man. And everything was gone. There was no five years in prison. There was no, it's not even on my record anymore. I didn't do that. I did the damage that cost me to get pulled over. But, you know, God was, God in the program was already working in my life. And I just wish so many more people would be willing to really try it because it it does work. I get to see people all the time change their lives around from they come in and their heads spinning and they were full of self pity and whatever else was up there, you know, and they just surrendered and threw their hands up and followed this way of living and learned and everything works out exactly how it's supposed to. Thank you.
7: Thanks for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Recovered alcoholic Mike Chase. Hey Mike what Chase. Up, You know, back in the day, Bill, Bob, Bill D, AA number five. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to just walk into a room of fifty people, and go like, "Oh, I'm home and chill." You know, they they had to build the fellowship amongst them. They had to build the, they had to build their sponsees and their sponsees got sponsees and they had grand sponsees. And there was this unity that they had that they were part of something. They were part of helping five or six people. Get to where they are, and then five or six generations, and and next thing you know, they got a room of twenty people, and they're they're all shared in this experience. You know, we miss a lot in that at AA today, where you come into a room that's just full of people. It's like oh, for the fellowship. You know, that's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about actually taking part in somebody's recovery to become the people they are. Um, I got sober in eighty, in two thousand and six. I got through the. I got sponsored by a bookish kind of guy, and he got me through the book, and then I was left in the dump meeting. And I became general service, started to stop drinking, so they allowed me to stay general service. Uh, and I'm doing tons of service and tons, tons of service. About nine nine months is going by. I haven't sponsored yet because my sponsor had gotten involved, pregnant, moved away with his girlfriend and stuff like that. So I was sort of stranded in dump it land. And I was seriously just over AA. It was just like, oh, God, not another meeting. Time to make the coffee, time to put the stairs, oh. And out of the bushes one day before meeting comes this scraggly little ragamuffin with this big fork out. This This guy was so ready to be sponsored by anybody. And I don't know where it came from, but I said, you don't have a sponsor, do you? He said, no. I said, well, come on, let's have some coffee. I started sponsoring reading, and, and I, hadn't, I hadn't been to big book seminars with Joe and Charlie, so I'm throwing big book at them, 12 and 12, some Hazleton packets, some living sober, some drop the rock crap, <laughs> all this just, you know, just, I didn't know, because I was so unsponsored in that area, because it was, you know, dumping stuff, but I suddenly came to life in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I liken to, when I'm working with my guys, I like to talk about an analogy of Sandlot. That's that movie, right, with a dog, where the ball goes in, there's this big evil dog, just, you know. The best way to get that, and this is an analogy for addiction, you, the, the dog has the ball. The only way to get that ball from the dog is to go up to him like with a porterhouse steak. Put it up in front of his little nose, big nose, whatever it is, and, and then just throw it 20 feet that way. He's going to forget about that ball. He's going to to eat the steak. Now, if I don't have another steak around the corner, he's going to come back and want that ball back. For me, that's what sponsorship has been. You had to give me, because I'm a doer, you have to give me something better than just sitting in a meeting, listening to people talk about their problems. I had to see the lights come on. I had to let God work through me to be the person that I'm supposed to be. To change, to help change people's lives. And then I get through with one, and God puts another one in my path. If you've never sponsored anybody and sat knee to knee and watched the eyes light up and the hope go, come on, you're missing out. That's, you're mis- why are you giving an AA? Just get out of here. Go away, because that's what this is about. That's the gift that we get. Thanks. Thanks for sharing.
2: There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. Uh, I can remember in my first year in sobriety, I watched, uh, I came to know a young gentleman and, you know, took him to and from a meeting here and there, but wasn't real close with him. But the point being, uh, I saw his mother who was in the fellowship uh, with some years sober uh, have to bury him uh, in in recovery and um, watch her go through that with grace and dignity in something that I couldn't even imagine, uh, having to bury your firstborn or any of your born. And, um, you know, do it and stay sober, you know. Um, And then uh, I was in that place in recovery, and I had that new sponsee that I was, like, obsessed with, and I probably wanted it more than he did. And, um, you know, then I had some little filly break my heart, you know, so... I was, uh, already in some pain, so growing closer to God, you know, but I had my solution, kept AA in the forefront, and, uh, I had a good network of men that I could talk to and share my feelings, which was very new to me, uh, period, like, men don't talk about their feelings, right, but, uh, I guess we do here sometimes, and then, um, you know, six years ago on this very day, you know, I had my cousin, my best friend, my, my idol take his life, um, and, um, I got to go through that sober. You know, I got to show up to the funeral and be there for his mom and dad, burying their only son, and um, show up for his kids who were left behind. And um, I had a spiritual experience in there with his body. I was just talking to you about this before the meeting. And, um, you know, my my spiritual experience, as they talk about in the book, was, was the educational variety. But I've had a few of those very intense moments in sobriety where, you can't tell me that was not the closeness of God that I felt. And uh, I had one of those experiences uh, with him in that room. And it's crazy, you know, and and I had, um, you know, that little filly that broke my heart uh, that I eventually married. Um, she said to me at the time, she wasn't talking to me at this time, but then she found out what happened and decided she wanted to talk to me again. And, uh, you know, she said, as much as this hurts right now, isn't it cool that, that he could be the one that brings you closer to God. You know, and and um and God gave me every opportunity to heal after that and I was allowed to share my experience in meetings and you know help somebody else that was going through a hard time in recovery and you know that's why we have the fellowship. So um it's pretty crazy, you know, I don't know. Um I've heard people have that that idea in their head. Well, if X, Y, Z ever happens, you know, I, I would probably drink. It's like, no, our book tells us no reservations about this, right? If you have that 1% reservation, that's going to come back and eat your lunch, you know. But my experience is we can go through that and be able to feel it, right? Like I'm supposed to feel that pain and I'm supposed to know how to mourn and and um, grieve sober, you know, and feel those emotions. But the book also tells me to the effect that I stay close to God and, and do what he asks of me, will he match uh, calam- calamity with serenity. And that was my experience. I came out of that more serene than I had ever been, you know, after going through that grieving and that pain, uh, which is a pretty amazing, uh, miracle of this program. Thanks, Rob. That does sound like a
1: porterhouse. Yeah. So should we continue with the q and A? I think we got two more paragraphs.
2: I think we should. Okay. All right. We're going to go to an alcoholic in his cups. What is an alcoholic who is drinking?
5: An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature.
6: How did Bill describe our struggles with the wet ones? Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. What did one
2: alcoholic do in Bill and Lois' home?
3: One poor chap committed
1: suicide in my home.
7: Why did he do that?
6: He could not or would not see our way of life.
2: Let's just round out the the rest here. Uh, next paragraph. What is it we have?
3: There is, however, a vast amount of fun about
2: it all. Are some folks shocked at our attitude?
4: I suppose some would be shocked at our atti- at our seeming worldliness and levity. Oh.
2: What is it that underlies our purpose?
9: But just underneath there is a deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish.
2: All right. Next paragraph. What do most of us feel?
4: Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia.
2: When do we experience the real blessings of this program?
8: Um, each day my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men.
2: All right. That question was actually, what is the ongoing result of Ebby going to the trouble of locating Bill and then going to see him to tell him of his solution to alcoholism? And the comment here says, where would you and I be if Ebby had not inconvenienced himself? By locating Bill going to visit with him to tell him about this message of hope. God only knows on that one.
1: This is a good this is a good point to check in on myself and what the fellowship looks like around me too. It's like is this does my do me and my circle of AA friends look like an ever widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men? Yeah. And if not, why not? You know? Does anyone have anything? Yeah, we got one.
3: i'm ronnie i'm an alcoholic what up ronnie all right so yeah i mean this this whole like, our struggles with them are variously strenuous comic and tragic and i understand that i myself have been all of those to to other people you know and and i've i've known a lot of people in alcoholics anonymous and not to make this you know but you know that that death comes to them and um you know my my buddy eddie this is like almost a year ago today i mean yeah a year ago in this month um you know, he had gotten me to detox and then when I was in detox, he, you know, he relapsed and died, you know. And that was one of his last acts is just getting me to detox, you know, and uh, unknowingly, uh, obviously. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, I think one of the common misconceptions in Alcoholics Anonymous is like, you know, stick with the winners, you know. And that may be true until like I get through the steps, but it's then my responsibility to stick with the losers, quote unquote. You know, I need to go find the guy who's not doing so hot, you know? Um, and if I were to just stay with the winners continually, um, that would look a lot like the paragraph on the previous page is that, uh, if I did not work, uh, then I would surely drink, you know, if I just stuck and hung out with people that wanted to just, just have fun all the time and didn't take this thing very seriously, um, then I would end up like one of those guys, you know, dead or, you know, dead or alive. And, um, and, and that's just the reality of this thing, you know, and it's uh, it's sort of, you know, jarring to really think about in that sense that, um, you know, the faith, the faith has to work in us and through us or we perish, you know. And I, I, I do take that line seriously because I think that is me, you know, and that if I don't take this seriously, um, I've had one too many close calls, you know. So that's all I got. Thanks
1: for sure. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's like, what am I, what am I aiming for? My aim determines what I see. Am I aiming for the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience and to to grow closer to my creator? Or am I aiming, I got really fixated on page 15 at one point in my recovery, and it says business and professional men have regained their standing. And that was a, that was a sentence that I highlighted and I was really fixated on. And my sponsor said, well, what about page 98? Men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track.
7: Mm. Got him. Real quick out. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. I had a sponsor once tell me there's two reasons why we bring a sponsee through the steps to God rapidly and thoroughly. The first step is if we don't, there's a good chance they're going to drink and die. The second of all is they are so ungodly, annoying when they're untreated. (laughs) The snibbling, the lying, the manipulating, the the smell, you know, we got to get them to God. And then they're nice to be, you know, when you start working with a guy and it's like, oh, God, he's over again. But once you get them through the steps, it's like they're such a joy to be part of that transformation is what this is all about. Thanks.
9: Hi, Roslyn, Alcoholic. Hey, Roslyn. What's up, Roslyn? I like this line. It says, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. You know, it, it, that's exactly what happens when we reach out to other people. God is working in us and through us in order for us to guide someone. You know, anything that you want is here. If you, you know, no matter what kind of profession, no matter what, staying sober is here if you want it. But the thing is, we got to be willing and reach out and ask for help. You know, help is just not going to drop out the sky. It's about utilizing people, utilizing this program and what it's designed for it is designed for us to stay sober a day at a time and get closer to our higher power as we understand him, you know. And um, I tell you, it's just, it's just wonderful to be able to be part of such a wonderful, wonderful, like the lady said earlier, when things get rough. See, that's what it really sometimes boils down to also. When things get rough, what do you do? Do we run back to what we used to do or do we reach out for the new life that we have been afforded, you know, through this program and through the steps, through sponsorship, through sponsee? It's just wonderful. The rough days are going to come. But if your feet is planted, I'll be all right a day at a time. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks Thanks for for sharing. sharing.
2: Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. It says that over and over in this book, you know. For us, it's just like that. Faith would be dead indeed. If he drank, he would surely die. You know, mm. my luck, you know, my best case scenario, if I were to go back out is to die, mm. you know, but my luck, I wouldn't die. I would drag that miserable alcoholic life, blotting out my insufferable existence, like hurting every single person around me that cares about me you know i wouldn't be able to drink myself to death i would be uh you know i would i would die spiritually and live which is even worse uh for me because i've already done that Mm. you know Uh, that's the life i used to live which was just you know i wanted to be dead you know at least then you know my family can can grieve and, and mourn and do their thing and you know move on with their lives but this alcoholic doesn't have that kind of luck so uh, I much prefer this way of life. You and me is, both. Yeah, <laughs> we were reborn.
1: Yeah, I remember I woke up in, in detox and about five years had passed. And it's like human, a human being doesn't live that long. Like we only lived like 80 or 90 years. That's like five years have just passed. Like I'll go out and drink and then I'll wake up in like 10 years have passed. You know, well, that's a worse tragedy than death. Don't, don't, don't pity the people that die. Those, pity those that live without love. Hmm. You no. Know? So anything else on Bill's story? Anybody you want to talk about anything? <laughs> All right. Should we, should we wrap it up then?
2: I like it. Okay. All right. From A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is a great fact for us.
1: Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny.
2: It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors or anyone else who's a sponsor here to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. Does anyone have any new blood they want to embarrass? No? Is anyone in need of a sponsor? Then raise your hands. All right. We We have one one down front and one in the back here. Awesome. So, uh, Very cool.
1: And if you're shy, you can come meet us up at the front. And we'll Absolutely.
2: We'll hook you up with one of these people that's awake AF. If you would like to become a member of this group, please ju- Oh, oh, wait, wait. There's a, some sort of birthday. Oh, OK. Is there anyone celebrating a year or more of continuous sobriety?
7: All right. Hi, recovered alcoholic Mike Chase. Hey, Mike up, Chase. Miguel. Yeah, I was just talking about what untreated alcoholics are when you first start working with them, you know. Full of self-knowledge, full of self-will, full of, like, full of shit, you know? And when, I, when, when Barry blessed us to us room, he, he brought so much to us just out of rehab with all this new information to save us all with, you know? Oh, my God. So uh, got him through the book, got him connected to God, and he's now a wonderful child of God who's kind, considerate, loving This guy comes on time to help set up, does the thankless jobs. Now we need to get him working with the newcomer to understand what it's like to eat a filet mignon at a porterhouse, you know, to get the other side of it. So come up and tell us how you do it. And also, if you need a sponsor, please talk to Barry. Mm. (whistles) Please. Thanks.
8: Um, (laughs) Thank you, my Chase. so uh, living here, you know, a little over three years to get to this point, you know, where I'm holding this in my hand, um, wasn't easy. You know, the, there's no one to thank other than God and everybody he put in my life to get me to this point. Um, you know, certain people got me started. You know, Mark M. up in Tennessee, who acted as a temporary sponsor until God put my chase in my life, who brought me back to God, got me through the steps and uh to the point where I am at now um you know we talked in the book tonight about uh the trouble and misery that doesn't stop at any point you know that that's going to continue on through life the struggle it's going to be there but you know being connected with god as i am now uh gives me faith that i can overcome it and you know, my parents are here tonight they're uh poor non-alcoholic parents who um they've they've been through so much with me you know they've seen me um as an unlovely creature, to say the least, and you know they've seen me uh pretty good, and now I'm just grateful that God has put me in a position where i can I can see what the best looks like. so thank you
2: Anyone else? All right. Did we do this? If you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. You just got to get your blood type and social and we'll get you plugged in. Nice. Could
1: all, yeah, we already did that, I think, right? All home group members, raise your hands and we'll see you right after to help tear down the room.
2: These are lovely people. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week. Thursday evening is our Alcoholics and God Step Series Workshop starting at 715 downstairs in the fellowship hall. Got some real fire there, huh?
1: I have heard tell that there's a speaker that's doing the step series that you don't want to miss. So come Thursday at 715 and check it out.
2: Nice. If you can't make it, we are on the interweb machine as well on alcoholicsandgod.org. So you can listen in.
1: Get on your AOL dial-up and log into that.
2: Nice. Uh, Go into your chat room.
1: Please wait until you're 75 feet from the doors to vape or smoke.
2: We are going to close now seated with the Lord's Prayer.
1: Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name, God.
2: thy kingdom come, thy will God. be done, on earth as it is heaven. Give us he this day, day, day. God. God. Us our daily bread, for bread. forgive us and our, our trespasses, as we forgive those who for trespass.
10: I'm not
11: being a sinner. I'm
10: I'm desperately I'm yeah These possessions that I have Amount to nothing at all
12: Oh, when you're smiling,
10: when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you,
12: baby. Yes, when you're laughing. A when you laughing, yes, the sun shining blue.
10: But when you cry you bring on the rain.
12: Stop your sighing, baby And be happy again Yes, and keep on smiling Keep on smiling
13: Standing tall, a pile of bricks now lies where once there stood a wall that I hid behind. For all this time, sometimes it takes a i brand new way, show up and plug in my guitar. And I play my songs, and people sing along, and stomp their feet and raise their arms. And here in this moment that we share, nothing could come in. song is god bless i love you mike chase bye
12: i think you know this one don't you